And the Amazon strategy is super simple. It's get good real estate. So get your product detail page looking nice, have video, have images, have good content, send traffic. back to Behind a Perfect Startup podcast. And today we have with us Michael Marr, who is the uh, Chief Idea Officer of Cartology. Hi, Michael. How are you today? I'm well. How are you doing, Arisha? I'm good, too. Thank you for being uh, on the podcast. It's like, I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Happy to share, you know, my entrepreneurial journey. I know that community has been something that's been really important for me as an entrepreneur. So happy to share that with you. Yeah, it's lovely. All right. So, um, Michael, would you like to please go ahead and give a brief introduction about yourself and your company? Yeah. So currently I own and run a service agency called Cartology, and our whole entire focus is helping brands to uh, grow visibility, revenue, and become profitable on the Amazon marketplace. There's a ton of potential out there uh, and knowing how to activate that potential and turn it into actual dollars uh, is, is essentially what we do. And part of the way we do that is through storytelling, making sure we're explaining the brand to people, the benefits, all that kind of stuff. Um, I got started as an entrepreneur uh, almost 13 years ago. I just really didn't like the job I was in. And so uh, I had some e-commerce skills. I knew how to sell products on eBay. Uh, I had a buddy who had more business sense than me, helped me kind of understand how you know buying new products and reselling them on eBay could work. And so I started doing that, made a little investment, uh, eventually was able to uh, leave the job that I was at while I was you know, building this e-commerce business and you know, started selling on Amazon, started selling on some of my own sites. I uh, did that for about six years. And then uh, back in 2016, transitioned into the service side of the industry. So now helping brands uh, to be successful on, on Amazon. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's other marketplaces out there. There's e- other e-commerce platforms like Shopify, Magento, our focus is really Amazon, um, and we're also starting to explore Walmart.com just because we feel like that's going to be the, the next biggest competitor. But you know, basically what we do day in and day out is um, work with clients, develop those relationships with them, make sure we actually know what it is that they want, uh, and then uh, create strategy and, and go out and then handle the actual tasks, uh, the, the execution of the strategy to make sure that they're getting the results they want. That all sounds good. And I'm so happy for you that you found something that you love doing. It must be an amazing feeling. And uh, from what I've captured about you, you pursue everything you put your heart into, whether it's college or uh, whether it's college degree or business or entrepreneurship. Do you see yourself maybe going back to pursue your dream of becoming a rock star anytime soon, since you've already rocked the other areas? Well, that's a very well <laughs> question. You know, I, I do love playing music and I do play pretty regularly. I I play piano typically once a day and I also play drums about once a month at a a church in the, the, that I go to uh, in the Cincinnati area. I don't spend as much time recording and writing music as I'd like to. Do I ever see myself pursuing being a rock star? You know, if the opportunity presented itself, which typically those things don't, I can't say I would just totally turn it down. But I am, you know, always interested in finding ways to, to make music and to be impactful with that. And I think that's one of the things that I was missing in, in, in the desire to be a rock star. It was, you know, I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be known. And 
um, have people love my music and all that kind of stuff. And and I think I was in it for the for the wrong reasons. It it should ultimately be about you know using the gifts and the talents that God has given you to impact people positively. So if you can do that as a famous musician, great. If you can do it as a businesswoman, so be it. Yeah. So like. I'm only saying you still have a chance. And I've seen a lot of singers who, you know, later on in their life, after having successful business and everything, they get on to their dream as well. So uh, good luck with that. And I really admire how you've been so honest about your experiences. And you've put it on your LinkedIn as well, that after you finished your college, you felt directionless. And I'm sure, like, I sure felt that way too. I mean, it was like, I finished college, I'm done with that. Now what? And uh, well, if you ask me, I don't think it's a negative thought because it opens up the possibility of all the amazing things. And you just have to decide what's what, uh, like more fitting to your skill set and move ahead, ahead with that. So what I'm trying to ask you is, um, what was going on in your mind at that time? And how did you overcome that phase in your life? Yeah, I mean, you're right that feeling directionless really can, depending upon how you look at it, it can actually mean there's lots of opportunity out there for you. And one of the issues I was facing is I didn't have a clear path or direction that I wanted to pursue or that I felt like was viable and that would actually help me earn a living. Making music was not, to, to, to pay the bills was not something that was an option for me. And I got a, a very general degree uh, in, in, uh, in college. I majored in Asian studies. I had just taken Japanese for a long time. And I went to my advisor and said, what do I have the most credits to get out of school with? And Asian studies general degree was what, was what popped up. So I pursued that. And it was, you know, I was working at Starbucks at the time. And so I think one of the one of the issues when you feel directionless or maybe like you're not really sure what your purpose is, there's a tendency to do either a lot of different things or and not really commit to one. And so at the time I was thinking, what am I going to do? What's my career going to be? And so instead of going all these different directions, I just said, okay, well, I'm going to commit to, to you know, working my way up at Starbucks, become a store manager, see where that takes me. Uh, when I got there, when I had done the job for a little while, I just realized I, I didn't like it. And so I picked a different path. And I think the most important step anybody could take is just trying to take a step forward. So even if you feel like you're unsure of the direction, don't stand still, try and make some progress in something. It's likely going to become a part of your journey. And I ultimately believe that God uses every single piece of your journey to uh, either be impactful to you or to others, whether you know it or not, you know, th- throughout your life. So um, your journey is your journey. If you take a left here and you, you realize, oh, I need to back up, you back up, uh, you go straight, you do whatever you need to do. That's just, that's part of your journey. No one's, I mean, it, it's so cliche to say, but there really is no set path. And a lot of people still have this idea or notion. I think even as entrepreneurs that it's create this product, get funding, scale, sell, uh, become Mark Zuckerberg or whomever the, you know, the next big CEO that people want to focus on, Jeff Bezos, whomever it is. And those people are, are, are unicorns. Uh, it's not who most people are going to be. So I think just, just at that time, I felt like, what, what direction should I go? And as soon as I started taking steps forward, that's when I actually started to make progress and realize, okay, I'm investing in something I don't really want to do anymore. So I want to change paths. 
Yeah, so you somehow land uh, where you're supposed to be. And like, of course, the path is not full of flowers. It's in fact, full, full of thorns and all, all kinds of- Absolutely. Yeah, so- Yeah, um, life, I mean, life is filled with, with pain. That's, that's a part of life. It's something that if we're trying to escape, we're gonna fail at miserably. And if anything, I would say, you know, embrace those times of pain because they really can teach you something. They sure can. And you have to experience the painful parts to uh, appreciate the happy moments, right? So th that's a good takeaway. I've heard people say, and maybe I myself have even said, you know, I can't really be impactful where I'm at right now. I can't, how can I, how can I help people in the position that I'm in right now? And to that, I would say, you certainly can't be helpful in a position you're not in. So you may want to be CEO of a company, but you're not CEO of a company. So you can't do anything in that position right now because you're not in it. Do everything that you can from the position that you're currently in and not be satisfied with that, but be content in knowing that I'm where I'm supposed to be and that if it really is not about a destination, then where I'm at and, it, and it's about the journey, every single place that I'm at is important. That's very well put. Uh, yeah, I second that. Um, so, Michael, could you please tell us about your past experiences and how you got where you are today? So I told you a little bit about, you know, just feeling directionless in school. And I did drop out at one point to pursue uh, being a rock star. I was a drummer and I was singing in a band. And as soon as I dropped out of school, the band just broke up. Uh, didn't even really stay friends with the people. I and mean, it was not a it was not a good like, hey, cool. We're just going to part ways kind of thing. And so it really blew up in my face. and you know, finished going to school, went to Starbucks, didn't like what I was doing, found my way into, into e-commerce and, you know, was not classically business trained. So I, I made a lot of mistakes and didn't really understand finances in my business. And I have made it a point, you know, the longer as time goes on to just get help and ask for help in areas that I'm not super confident in. So, you know, I didn't major in accounting. I didn't have a, you know, even a course in accounting. But after, you know, having different CPAs and bookkeepers and having to do some bookkeeping myself for my own business, I have a better understanding of how accounting works in my business. I'm not going to advise people uh, as an accountant, or nor do I have a desire to do that. But if someone's run an Amazon business before, I can say, hey, here's, here's how I set uh, the books up for me. And this, here's how this worked. And here's what my bookkeeper did. And here's how we worked this out with my accountant. So those experiences have, have helped me to shed some light for, for other people. Uh, and I, I had to learn a lot along the way. So I learned, I, I made some mistakes. I had some successes. And really one of the biggest reasons why, why I'm in this service agency role now is in 2016, my business just really, the, the, the sales started to what felt like drop overnight. Uh, and it had, it had turned out that Amazon had opened up the marketplace in 2015 to a bunch of sellers from China. So now all these manufacturers that were making products and people were, you know, selling for a markup, they're now selling similar products for, you know, what I was buying them for. And so I couldn't sustain that. So I had to very quickly pivot and say, what am I going to do with this skill set? And so I said, I'm going to, I'm going to try doing some freelance work in e-commerce. I actually got another job while I was figuring out what I wanted to do, as I started taking on, you know, very general e-commerce projects, I realized, wow, there's a lot of work needed and requested for Amazon. There's a lot of potential there. And I like that. So I just started prioritizing that work saying that, you know, I was an Amazon specialist, Amazon expert. I had experience selling, you know, as a business owner. So I felt confident enough that I knew enough to, to 
help the person. And if there wasn't something, if there's something I didn't know, I was determined enough to, to figure out, you know, what the, what the next step would be. And so really building that, that, that agency was new. I've never built an agency before, uh, you know, again, made some mistakes, but I feel like I've had some great successes and I, uh, you know, I have been able to work with a lot of different people. My agency is 100% remote. So when COVID did hit, it did not impact us the same way it did other people who, you know, had to figure out what working from home was like. Everyone on my team works from home. This is my home. Um, I was, I had a, a sort of an office that I would go into that I shared with some people, but, you know, really working out of my home. And so that, that didn't really impact us that much, but that's con continued to, you know, we've continued to hone our service over that time. There's a lot of opportunity for like products, product-based companies, uh, because during the pandemic, because people stopped going to the store, they weren't allowed to, and, and they started buying stuff online. And so we really had to say, how are we going to capture that and turn it into potential for our, our clients? So, I mean, the reason I'm here doing what I'm doing today is because of what looked like a failure at the time, a failure of a one part of my business. And I've now gone into this totally different direction of thriving. And um, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting place to, to be because there's so much opportunity. Yeah, and it's I think it's safe to say that you learn a lot over the you know years because you know once you are uh, in a, in a growing startup you you act you have to act as a salesperson you are the accountant and you are doing your own marketing so it is yeah. a hell of a journey I can see that yeah yeah that's for that's for certain yeah yeah so uh, Michael how was this idea of running a custom done for you Amazon service agency born? It was really born out of that. It was born out of a couple of things. It was born out of seeing the need for Amazon services, then realizing the people that needed help, how much did they really know about Amazon? And also working with some people who made me realize, okay, I don't want to do things this way. I don't want to do things the way that they're doing it. I want to do it a different way. So there were multiple influences and it was very organically grown out of my desire to serve others. That's something that um, is just kind of in my DNA and in my uh, makeup. I, I mean, I tell people that I feel God just said, okay, you're gonna serve. And so you find out whatever that, how you're gonna serve people. And the, so the way I'm serving people now is helping their brands to, to grow and be successful on Amazon. But it really started out of a desire to, you know, still wanna do my own thing. I wanted to be able to, direct the company in the direction I wanted to go. I wanted to be impactful. I wanted to determine what services were I felt. I, and, I, and I am the visionary type. So I mean, that is my personality to get out in front, to, to try new things, experiment. And then when it needs to be refined and really polished and looking great, I hand that over to someone else and they really refine it. Uh, and I'm out there kind of hacking my way through the jungle with my machete. That's, that's how I see myself as, as an entrepreneur. And so it was born very organically out of uh, wanting to serve people well, knowing that there was a need for e-commerce and also seeing for, for Amazon help specifically, and just also knowing, okay, here's how things are typically done as an agency. And I don't want to do it the, that way. I want to do it a, a different way. And so it was really about how do I get proof of concept for the way that I want to do it? And how do I honestly, how do I make a living doing what I think is, is, possible. And so sometimes there's theory that you have to act on. You have to step out in faith and say, I think this 
this way of doing things is going to work. You have to deal with a lot of no's. You know, if 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 I only heard yeses, then I I probably I, I really don't even know. I don't know how much I would have learned if, if all I heard was yeses. So hearing those no's tells you, okay, either this this prospect is my ideal client, or my price is not right, or I don't know how to define my service well uh, enough. And so that's why you go and ask for help and say, hey, here's what I'm doing. People who have done it before say, yeah, you, you've got a good service. Your price is fine. You're just not presenting it well. Here's what you need to do. So asking for help is, is, uh, is everything was born kind of organically and formed together. And asking for help is how I was able to, to refine and, and polish those things into something that would, people would say, yes, here's money to help us you know, grow our business on Amazon. That's, that's really inspiring. And it's very good to know that, you know, how you were always into helping others. And we sure do rise from lifting others. So that's something I live by as well. And it's good to know. So, um, Michael, would you like to share with the audience some of the many ways Amazon can be an outstanding platform for their retail businesses? Yeah, most people today are going to Amazon to do product research. So, I mean, they're, they're using it as a search engine. 54% of people are going to, to Amazon. Google's like in the 20%, uh, 20 percentile, whatever, however you'd say that. So people are going just to do, find out products, find out about products or do product research. They're going to Amazon to look. And if your brand is either not on there or it's not represented well for a variety of reasons, then that could affect someone's purchase decisions on your own website in store. So it's, it's definitely a branding play in that sense, but it's also from a revenue perspective, it could affect revenue externally. And there's also... 300 million active users that are getting on Amazon purchasing, you know, I think in 2020, it was $147 billion worth of, worth of goods. So there's a lot of money to be had there. If you're not tapping into that revenue, then you're missing out for, for your company. And it takes, it takes someone very skilled who has experience with that. And, and fortunately for me, not a lot of people have experience in that. That's why I have an opportunity to, to have a, a job and have a role as I've had experience and things continue to get more complicated. So, you know, myself and my team have to stay up on all those things. And meanwhile, other people are just trying to get into the space and to learn, um, you know, how to, how to, to make things work. But, you know, Amazon is, is the biggest marketplace in the, in the, in North America, at least it makes it takes up 40% of all e-commerce sales and e-commerce is just continuing to grow. Uh, as a part of total retail sales. I mean, brick and mortar is still going to be very much a part of and still is the predominant channel for retail, but e-commerce is, is growing and there's a lot more ways to tap into commercializing or generating revenue for your business. And Amazon is, you know, they're, they're bringing people there. People are going there because they trust Amazon. And so if you can leverage that trust, you can you can, you know, earn a living or generate revenue from that channel and have it be something that's sustainable that continues to, to, to grow for you as Amazon grows, as product selection grows, all that kind of stuff. That's right. There's all this potential and there are like a lot of people, a good fraction of people who don't even, uh, who are not even, you know, familiar with it. So uh, what do people get wrong about the algorithm on Instagram, uh, on, sorry, uh, Amazon and how can it be avoided? People try to chase it. That's that's where I think they make the biggest mistake. They're they're thinking, okay, 
you know, Amazon doesn't outright say we factor in these 30 things. Um, they've said, here's some things that are impactful. Uh, there's a lot of people who have done tests and, and said, here's what we've seen work. And I think people try to chase the algorithm and say, well, let's get our products. Uh, we need to get the best SEO right here and get this, move this title uh, word to the beginning, move this other thing to the back and switch these three positions. Like you should be thinking about strategy when you're creating a product detail page or you're creating that landing page that people are going to look at. But when you're focusing so much on how the algorithm is going to pick it up, I think you're missing sight of what Amazon really is about, which is which is looking at holistically. So it, it, strategy is it, it's it's forgetting about strategy and chasing the algorithm. And the Amazon strategy is super simple. It's get good real estate. So get your product detail page looking nice, have video, have images, have good content. Send traffic to that to that real estate. So utilize advertising on Amazon. Utilize off, uh, advertising towards your products on Amazon, and then optimize. Just analyze and optimize. Those are the three things when it comes to strategy and execution. Is 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 where it gets really tricky because knowing what lever to pull to get the right traffic to go to your product detail page to your real estate, it's not always uh, so cut and dry. Uh, and knowing even where to find that. It's, it's not cut and dry. So that's, that's, you know, just chasing the algorithm in general, I think is people think it's like, you're going to outsmart it or something and, you know, generate sales for your products. That's what Amazon wants. They want your products to sell, generate sales. Uh, that's how you get your products ranked higher in search. Uh, Amazon wants to put it's everything's about the customer. So Amazon wants to put the, the products that are going to sell in front of their consumers. It's that simple and uh, it's interesting. So I'm sure this is going to be very helpful for the audience. Um, so what kind of industries and companies do you work with? And is there a reason for choosing this particular uh, area or industries? We're open, I mean, we're open to all. It's really more, we consider ourselves the medium subject matter. So how people are selling is, is, is what we're specialized in. We do work with a lot of CPG companies personal care, food. I've been working with a lot of cosmetics companies recently. There are a lot of new, people are, are becoming very specific about what they're wanting to purchase. They want to know what the company's about. They want to know how the product is going to benefit them. You can't just say, hey, I've got a, a new moisturizer. Well, there's like a hundred different moisturizers, facial moisturizers in the market. Why should someone choose yours? And that's part of branding. It's knowing who your target audience is. It's knowing what your brand stands for, the story you're wanting to tell. So uh, we're working, we work, we basically work with brands who have a defined target audience. They've got a brand uh, story. They've got a mission statement. Uh, there are, you know, resellers and private label sellers out there who are private label sellers are like, you know, taking a phone case and saying, Hey, I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my brand name on this. If I just put cartology on it, then that's our product. They're kind of taking what's, working on the market and shaping their product line based on that. And brands are really saying, hey, we've created a unique product. Here's why you should care about it. And we're having to help them work on, uh, on Amazon. All right. So uh, that sounds really interesting. And I think uh, people, if they know the backstory or, you know, how this product was born and about the company, they are more likely to looking into the products and actually buy them so that's what you're doing for the companies it's really it's amazing and uh Thank for, you. i feel amazing 
Yeah, very well. <laughs> so for the all for all the small business owners in the audience, what three advice would you like to give them that would have been helpful to you when you started? I would just say you don't have to have it all figured out, but you got to ask for help. Don't don't let your pride get in the way of that. Ask for as much help as you possibly can. Some people are going to be willing to give it to you for free. Take advantage of that. Some people might charge you, and if they're valuable, pay them for their for their advice. Uh, you know, I'm there's a lot of things that I become a lot better at because I hired someone to help me become better. So I didn't maybe not was officially trained for something, but I said, I want to get better at this. So I, you know, maybe you take a course or you hire a coach or something like that, or just to ask for help. That's and, and, and the other, the other second piece I would say is celebrate your successes. I, I think entrepreneurs have a really hard job ahead of them trying to create what feels like something from nothing. So celebrate the successes. I was very hard on myself in the beginning um, and really up until even recently, just saying, I got to do better, I got to do better, but like celebrate what you've done well and tell yourself the right story. I am a success. I am, I am, you know, uh, of value. Right. So that's how you enjoy the whole process and you grow along with it. So that's, that's a great advice. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. What future plans do you have for Cartology? And uh, when I say future, I mean, 2022, because we're halfway into December now. So what are your future plans? The, the goals for Cartology in 2022 are to really expand the number of clients we're able to serve. So I feel like we've got a really good service offering. So it's going to be about getting out to those people, getting in touch with the right prospects, signing the right clients that we feel like we align with, uh, that, that we feel have a strong brand. And it's going to be about uh, exploring some other channels too. Like I said, walmart.com you know, how can we help clients to grow what we feel like is going to be a, a very good competitor to Amazon. And we understand how marketplaces work. So we feel like that medium is an area where we can grow our subject matter as opposed to, you know, trying to be an SEO expert on Google. That's totally different um, than trying to, you know, handle a marketplace or manage a brand on a marketplace. So kind of growing our uh, marketplace knowledge and expertise. Those are really the main things that we're uh, focusing on it and, and finding ways to help brands, even if they don't want to outsource directly to us, helping brands to build out, you know, what, what Amazon, uh, an Amazon department could look like at their, at their company too. I think those are kind of the main three things is growing clients, expanding marketplaces and uh, helping people develop their own in-house teams. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Good luck with that. Thank and you. Yeah. So, um, Michael, would you like to add something for the audience? Any advice or tip or any upcoming projects that you might uh, want to give us a hint about? I have a podcast called The Longer Game. If you go to thelongergame.com, you can go and listen. The podcast is all about retail. It's talking about retail in the future. What's happening now? What do I think is going to be happening in you know five years, 10 years, et cetera? We've got guests that span from in-store to Amazon specific. So, you know, take a listen, uh, share it with people. We've even got people that are coming on talking about, you know, finance, how, how can you finance a retail business in today's day and age, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's anything and hopefully everything you could want to know about retail as we go along. But we're in our inaugural season. So, um, you know, there, there's still, still more content to come. 
That sounds good. And I sure will be one of the people to go over and listen to your podcast. It does sound amazing. So um, ending this podcast with the question that I really want to know uh, the answer to. So Christmas festivities are going to start really soon. What does Christmas look like in your household? Yeah, so I've got some Christmas lights up behind my computer here. We we like to and we enjoy the decorations. We try to take in as many of the movies that we really like as possible. Some years we're like, man, we've seen this one like five times. And then other years it's like it just flew, flew by. But it's really about, you know, Christmas Eve, we get together, hang as a family. My my parents, my in-laws, uh, my wife, my daughter, myself, uh, a couple other close family members, we all get together. Uh, Christmas morning, it's just my wife and daughter and I, and, you know, we open gifts in the morning and then we go to, we all go to my parents' house. That same group on Christmas Eve goes to my parents' house on Christmas Day. So it's a really close, tight-knit group. Uh, we get to, you know, share with each other um, a special time and, and celebrate uh, Jesus' birth. So, I mean, it's, it's really about that it's it is a time i think to reflect too and think you know what what's been accomplished this year what do i want to accomplish in the in the coming year um, but but i would say really it's it's about spending spending family time together and having good food and drink that's that's a big part of the festivities the celebrating part that sounds lovely i wish you a merry christmas and a really happy new year oh, and thank you yeah same to you Thank you, Michael. Thank you for being on the podcast. It was lovely having you. And I'm sure the audience will have a lot to take away from your journey and your advices. Thank you for taking your time. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye.